MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, October 15th, 2021. Today, the January 6th committee has begun proceedings on criminal contempt for Steve Bannon. Donald will be required to sit for a deposition in the Trump Tower protest case from 2015. Conservative lawyers are steering clear of Donald in the 1-6 investigation. Lev Parnas had his hearing. And the Biden Council will tell federal agencies to put gender front and center when making policy. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, wow, big, big news day today. Yes, and I think even after you sent this script for me, there's stuff happened. I mean, McCabe, that's a big yes. deal. Yes, uh, my good friend Andy McCabe has been granted his full pension and back pay in a settlement with the Department of Justice, which is run by Merrick Garland, in case you forgot. Not you, Dana. Oh, I know. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I've actually gotten like, oh, I bet this wasn't him. So, you know, yeah, I'm sure it didn't go through him at all. It did. So I'm I'm very, very happy to announce that good news. And we're going to be doing a deep dive into that on Mueller, she wrote this weekend on Sunday. Fantastic. And also uh, some other news happened. The, the Supreme Court Council Commission that Biden assembled has come out with, I don't know, a PowerPoint, not even like recommendations or anything, just sort of a discussion points. I'm going to talk a little bit later in the show about that with Adam Klasfeld from Law and Crime and the Objections podcast. And also, I'm going to be talking to him about the Lev Parnas hearings, the trial that has begun. Great. So very interesting. We got a lot of stuff, too. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Top story today, besides the McCabe thing, which I'm super excited about. Top story. January 6th committee has officially begun the process to hold Steve Bannon in criminal contempt. I want to reiterate, begun the process (laughs) to hold Steve Bannon in criminal contempt. In a statement released by the committee today, quote, Mr. Bannon has declined to cooperate with the select committee and is instead hiding behind the former president's insufficient blanket and vague statements regarding privileges he has purported to invoke. We reject his position entirely. The select committee will not tolerate defiance of our subpoenas, so we must move forward with proceedings to refer Mr. Bannon for criminal contempt. I've notified the select committee we will convene for a business meeting Tuesday evening to vote on adopting a contempt report. The select committee will use every tool at its disposal to get the information it seeks, he continues. And witnesses who try to stonewall the select committee will not succeed. All witnesses are required to provide the information they possess so the committee can get to the facts. We're grateful to the many individuals who are voluntarily participating and to witnesses who are complying with subpoenas, including several who met the deadline to begin producing materials to the select committee. We're moving ahead quickly to get answers for the American people about what happened on January 6th and help secure the future of American democracy. Per usual, Dana, social media is pissed with the delay on the vote until Tuesday. However, as Hugo Lowell, congressional reporter for The Guardian, pointed out, he spoke with committee members about it and was told there is a three-day notice to hold a vote. We're required to give three-day notice. For those who are pissed about the three-day rule, yes, it's possible to change the three-day rule. That would require a vote in the House, which would require a three-day notice. (laughs) (laughs) So we could pressure the House to change the rule, but it wouldn't happen soon enough for this particular vote. Now, I want to be clear. The House has done everything as soon as it was possible to do it. 
First of all, they waited until Steve Bannon violated both parts of the subpoena. I suppose they could have gone ahead with this, started this process when he violated the documents request October 7th. But that could possibly be dismissed in court for not waiting for the actual appearance, which are both in the same subpoena. I might be wrong on that, but why risk it? Wait a week, you know, wait a week. You don't want this to end up on Trevor McFadden's desk, right? And Seriously. have him, you know, dismiss the whole thing saying, start again. And then then where would you be? You'd be even more pissed. And you'd yeah. be like, why, do, why did they do that? Why did they not wait a week? <laughs> Everyone's got something. Yeah. No. So after that happened, they, they waited until he didn't show up today. And the minute he didn't show up when he was supposed to show up, they began the proceeding, which was to give a three-day notice to hold a vote, which will be Tuesday. People say, why not the weekends? I was like, because that's in the rules. The weekends don't count <laughs> for, the, for the notices. And so this has been going forward as fast as possible per the rules, per due process, which we cannot shit all over because it would not make any sense to skirt democracy in an effort to try to save democracy. Well said, my friend. Well said. And I've got a little good news. Um, in New York, a New York judge is ordered. Um, now I'm going to like put in the F word in the middle because I want to call him the big fucking liar. So we're going to try this and see how it works. A New York judge has ordered the former big fucking liar to sit. Actually, he's the present big fucking liar. To <laughs> he's, sit, the current big he's, fucking the, liar. he's the current big fucking liar to sit for a video deposition next week in a case involving an alleged assault during a 2015 demonstration outside of the Trump Tower. So the state Supreme Court Judge Doris Gonzalez has ordered the big fucking liar to appear for the deposition on Monday morning at the Trump Organization headquarters in New York City or in the event of illness or emergency, which I'm sure one will be contrived, on any other agreed-upon date before the month's end. This has to happen before the end of the month. CNN has reached out to attorneys for the big fucking liar for comment, but of course no one said anything. (laughs) The deposition comes two years after a New York appeals court judge paused an earlier ruling ordering his deposition. Now, the litigation revolves around a 2015 lawsuit filed by a group self-described as, quote, a human rights activist of Mexican origin. Now, they were protesting the big fucking liar's rhetoric on immigration in front of the Trump Tower in September of of the big fucking liar's tower tower in September of that year. (laughs) So the men allege that the big fucking liar's then head of security, Keith Schiller, hit one of the protesters, Efren Galicia in the head after Galicia tried to stop Schiller from taking their large cardboard signs, which read, Trump, make America racist again, which is just brilliant. Now, the lawsuits allege that when Galicia tried to hold on to one of the signs, Schiller ripped it away from him, tearing it into pieces. Lawyers for the plaintiffs wanted to question the big fucking liar to discern whether he is responsible for his employee's conduct outside of Trump Tower that day. So the rulings, at least the second time a judge has ordered the big fucking liar to sit for a deposition since he left office after he successfully postponed several lawsuits while he was still president. Now, a different New York judge earlier this month ordered the big fucking liar to answer questions under oath by December 23rd in the defamation lawsuit brought by former The Apprentice contestant Summer Servos. Now, Servos accused Trump of defamation when he denied her allegations of sexual assault, which he does all the time. Mm. Yes, he's denied the assault in general, like he's saying it never happened. So um, we'll see what happens with this. But I do love that he's got to sit for deposition. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold that name up for the rest of the stories because it's kind of hard because they say his name so many times. (laughs) 
but we did it once and I feel good about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad that he has to sit. Hopefully this is the first of many depositions the big fucking liar has to sit for. Hopefully. And, you know, talking about the big fucking liar, a, a number of high powered lawyers who have recently represented him in the past are sitting out his latest legal battle as the former guy prepares to assert executive privilege to block congressional investigators from getting information on the insurrection. That has left him with a relatively small legal team without a lot of experience litigating issues of executive privilege as he readies for a court fight that could test major issues of presidential authority. Some go-to attorneys have been spooked by his reputation for sometimes not paying. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) According to several people familiar with conservative legal circles who probably weren't paid. Others watched closely as lawyers fled his prior teams frustrated by him as a client or facing their own ethical predicaments. Others still want themselves and their firms to stay far away from his insistence that the election was stolen. More than half a dozen prominent attorneys, six, more than half a dozen, maybe, what's that, eight probably, I'm guessing, who took notable roles in defending Trump or his advisors in the past are not assisting him in this round. They include Seculo and Ty Cobb, according to sources familiar with his legal effort. And at least four well-known lawyers were repeatedly approached by Trump's team for help in recent weeks and said no. (laughs) I'm sorry, new phone. Who dis? Yeah. <laughs> Among the four is William Burke. Remember, he pre- he represented Priebus and Bannon in the in the Trump Russia thing. The white collar lawyer who represented 11 other Trump associates in and after the Mueller investigation. Burke turned Trump down three times in recent months. It sounds like he's trying to, like, convert to Judaism. Yeah. According to people familiar with the former president's orbit orbit <laughs> i'm sorry i almost yeah we're, i'm not even gonna do it i'm not gonna mm, do I it i know i'm not gonna make that joke either but yep. it's there it's right there because he wanted to stay away from how toxic his situation trump's situation had become after the attempt to overturn the election and overthrow the government uh, even longtime trump law firms like jones day have announced publicly they won't be involved in his legal challenges to the election the three lawyers in addition to burke who have turned him down in recent months one source said are the conservative heavy hitters charles cooper Mark Phillip and Paul Clement. That's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing indeed. Now, we do have a council formed by the current president, Mr. Biden, to reduce inequality for women at home and abroad plans to issue a directive telling federal agencies to put gender front and center in their policymaking decisions. Now, the president's gender policy council, as early as this month, will instruct federal agencies to begin considering the potential negative effects that their actions can have on women. Agencies will also be asked to identify areas where they can exercise their enforcement authority to prevent gender discrimination and to produce plans for how they will advance gender fairness. The directive will rely heavily on government agencies to develop concrete plans and map out their own budget and staffing needs to advance gender equality. And this is a quote. In some instances, you're asking for a completely new approach and asking folks to rethink how they analyze questions and problems. And you don't sort of change the status quo overnight. Now, that's from Jocelyn Fry, who was the policy director to former First Lady Michelle Obama and is a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress. Now, women leaders whose input the White House sought said that they were told by the Gender Policy Council that it would provide a blueprint to federal agencies on how to proceed without detailing specific policies. Mm. The fact that this is being brought up is at least a good start. Yes. I like to see it. Yes. Agreed. Me as well. All right. Up next, Adam Klosfeld from Long Crime and Objections. We'll discuss the latest Lev Parnas hearing and the January 6th committee decisions in a little bit on the new SCOTUS report from the, the Biden commission, the Biden council on the Supreme Court. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's AJ for the Beans. We're all trying to eat better, but a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon cereal has all the amazing flavors of your childhood that you love, but without all the chemicals and sugar and carbs. It actually has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories in each serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own custom bundle with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon, and they have more. They just recently brought back two super popular flavors, cookies and cream and maple waffle. So make sure you get these and try them with for the first time. They're delicious and indulgent. I love that Magic Spoon is healthy, yet totally delicious. It is perfect for a guiltless midnight snack as well. So just go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout, and you can save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. There's no risk here, because if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money with no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use promo code dailybeans, all one word, to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for their delicious cereal and for sponsoring the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm happy today to be joined by our friend from Law and Crime, host of the Objections podcast, Adam Klosfeld. Adam, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I dare I ask. <laughs> dare I ask. What a day. What a day. Quite a busy day. And the first thing out of 76 things I want to talk to you about today <laughs> is yesterday you were in court at the first Lev Parnas hearing. Can you, not the first, right? Opening statements. But one of many. There you go. Uh, tell us what's going on with, with Lev. Well, one of the key takeaways that I got from opening statements is that we're a long way from where this case began when we were in essentially the lead up to Trump's first impeachment in 2019. The case was all about Ukraine. It was a case about all the lead up to the plot against Marie Ivanovich and the uh, essentially to uh oust the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine in service of this plot to dig up dirt on the Bidens. Uh, you didn't hear a word of that from the prosecution during opening statements, nor would you have. Right now, they are telling this, the jury a very direct story that this is a case about uh, violations, alleged violations of campaign finance laws, and that this is a case about a million dollar transfer from a Russian investor, and that this money was funneled allegedly by Parnas to get these marijuana uh, licenses. So they're keeping this very far away from where this case started, which in 2019, this was about a scandal that touched Trump, that touched Giuliani. Uh, we heard the last time that we spoke about this, Allison, uh, I had mentioned that the prosecutor kind of signaled that there would be this pivot by saying in court that Trump and Giuliani would be ancillary figure figures for the jury. And it's very clear that that's what the prosecution is trying to do. Now, when you get to the what the defense is trying to do, that's where we get back to the details. That's where we hear more about uh, Trump and Giuliani. Uh, uh, Joseph Bondi, Parnas's attorney, referring to him as America, referring to Giuliani, uh, somewhat tongue in cheek as America's lawyer, uh, talking about how strange it is that America's lawyer, who's uh, has no 
fondness for marijuana legalization is uh, working together with his client, Lev Parnas. Mr. Bondi himself, the attorney, is a prominent uh, pro-marijuana legalization advocate who sits on the board of Normal. Um, And he's talking about these political connections. He's talking about uh, the tie to Joseph Ahern from America First Committee. That's one of the committees where Prosecutors say Lev Parnas funneled illicit donations. This is a pro-Trump super PAC. So you have the prosecution now doing a clear strategy, at least in the stages of opening statements, trying to get away from the context, the politics, and just making this a simple case of flouting U.S. campaign finance laws. And which which U.S. attorney's office is this? Oh, this is the. This has been through a this is the Southern District of New York, uh, the reputed sovereign district of New York that uh, that Trump, as we know, uh, had no loves lost for. And Giuliani, uh, it was the former home of Rudy Giuliani when he headed the U.S. attorney's office there. Now he's he is under their investigative crosshairs and that uh those proceedings are ongoing in terms of uh, their scrutiny of the seized materials that are now going through a special master. It's that Southern District that is prosecuting Lev Parnas right now. And that trial is ongoing. Yeah. And I was wondering, the reason I was asking is because there is currently a Southern District of New York investigation into Rudy Giuliani and his dealings in Ukraine, which would probably have something to do with Lev Parnas, Korea, Igor Fruman, what's his name, Furtash, you know, that whole thing against Masha Yovanovitch, that smear campaign. We know that that's part of the investigation. We know campaign finance is part of that investigation. So it's just really interesting, this sort of pivot away from a bigger picture case to like, no, we're just going to focus on this this one thing. And uh, I would assume, but, you know, of course, I don't know, that that might have something to do with the fact that there's an ongoing investigation into the other stuff right now, probably. I mean, that could be an absolutely viable explanation for it. I think what I keep coming back to here is that in order to get a conviction, they don't need to show all of the political machinations going behind the scenes, which can be a kind of risky proposition for the reason that you state. There is at least an ongoing investigation that we know about uh, that is tied to this. And so we will see if more evidence emerges. Now, it's one thing to not inform the jury about the entire political backdrop. But over the course of a long trial, we will see new evidence come into play. There could be new exhibits that become public that relate to those ongoing investigations. So the devil is really in the details. And uh, the opening statements are generally where the broad strokes are found. Well, if they ever use a photo of Rudy Giuliani as an exhibit, I hope it's one in front of Four Seasons Landscaping. I just want to put that (laughs) into the universe, speak it and make it real. I have a couple other questions about some things going on, but I need to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Allison. And this Helping of the Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. They provide professional online therapy with certified therapists whenever you need it the most. Everybody needs a little help from time to time. And BetterHelp counselors are always there to provide support and guidance, no matter what you're going through. You know, my experience with PTSD and anxiety has taught me it's better to seek assistance than to try to deal with it by yourself. It's really hard to do it alone. But I know it's hard to ask for help. 
But BetterHelp makes it easy and convenient. You can message your counselor at any time from anywhere in the world. You get timely, thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly meetings by phone or video. And it's affordable, more affordable, actually, than offline traditional counseling. And they have financial aid available. And to get that great therapeutic match, you can change your counselor easily. And it's free. Visit BetterHelp's website to read testimonials like this one by user DU, who says, Ryan is the best therapist you could ask for. Their thoughtful insights have changed my life for the better. And as time goes on, I discover the guidance and strength to be a better person as a result of their patience and expertise. They are the absolute best. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. And today's show is also brought to you by Hunter Douglas. I love Hunter Douglas. Um, They design innovative window shade designs with gorgeous fabrics and control systems that are so advanced, you can program them automatically to adjust throughout the day to let the perfect amount of light in and keep the heat out. (laughs) Perhaps it's the way that the shade diffuses the harsh sunlight. It casts a beautiful glow across the room. Or maybe you can enjoy the view outside, but nobody can see in. It protects your privacy. I love that. Maybe it's the superior insulation that they provide that keeps you warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer, which lowers your utility bills and takes some of the strain off the electrical grid. Or is it simply that that Goldilocks moment when you walk into your room and everything looks and feels right? With Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, you can set the shades to adjust automatically to achieve the perfect blend of light, privacy, and insulation, morning, noon, or night. Check out their website for all the custom window blinds, shades, shutters, and drapery options. You'll love discovering how Hunter Douglas window treatments transform the light in your home. It's part of the decorating process. It's part of what makes your house feel like a home. And it elevates everyday life and it defines the mood in every room. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas. Enjoy greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans today to take advantage of a season of style rebate savings event that they're having. That's HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans for limited time savings. Offer expires December 6, 2021. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with Adam Klasfeld from Law & Crime. And the Objections podcast, which is amazing. Check it out. A couple other things going on today. First of all, big news. Uh, I went over this in the A Block uh, with the January 6th committee beginning proceedings to make criminal contempt referrals for Steve Bannon, who today failed to show up for his testimony, failed to turn over his documents last week. I was assuming they were waiting for him to not show up to his testimony. It, It appears that I was correct in that assumption because today they gave the three-day notice required by House rules to hold a vote next Tuesday to, to start this process rolling. Talk a little bit about the process and what you think about its chances of, of you know, because Merrick Garland has prosecutorial discretion here, and it's pretty rare that the Department of Justice does these criminal contempt proceedings, and, and or maybe they don't do criminal contempt, decide to do civil contempt. I'm not sure, but what are your thoughts? Well, you're absolutely right that this is a matter where Attorney General uh, Garland has in a large degree of prosecutorial discretion. Now, what happens under the statute is that, as you mentioned, the committee will be reconvening on Tuesday. They will vote on whether to uh, find a contempt report. If that contempt report is authorized, that will be sent to the House for a vote. That The result of that vote, if that advances, that will go to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who will certify that. And 
send it to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The text of the statute says that the U.S. Attorney's Office will have the duty to and they shall Submit it to a grand jury for the grand jury to make whatever decision that they will on criminal contempt. But this is where does duty actually signal a duty? The Congressional Research Service says juries out on that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, we were supposed to, you know, the, the IRS shall furnish tax returns to the House Ways and Means Committee. And we ended up in court and then that expired. So. The whole uh, shall do something thing, I have very little faith in. And I think it would also kind of be maybe a little naive that they wouldn't run this past Merrick Garland, uh, although they technically don't have to. Right. I mean, the ball will be assuming that it goes forward. And there's no reason to think that it wouldn't, considering this was advanced by the committee. The House is under Democratic control and perhaps they'll get even GOP votes on this. But assuming they will, they'll at least get Cheney and Kinzinger. Right. 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 That's my abundance of caution on, you know, (laughs) I I am prediction averse, uh, you know, that just as a rule. But assuming that this will come to a criminal contempt referral, that's a recommendation. And then Garland will see what Uh, A.G. Garland will do with it. It's essentially even under that language, he has a duty to he shall or the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of D.C. shall even under that we have longstanding precedent saying, yeah, the duty means they have the duty to consider whether whether or not they will take whatever action they want to or want not to take. Yeah. And I don't know if it's even feasible or something that could or would happen. I would like to think that it would, that that committee might have conferred with the Department of Justice ahead of time Mm -hmm. to say, you know, are we barking up the wrong tree? Are you going to make us look bad? What's the deal? Because I would imagine, you know, and I've, I I know of this having happened in the past where the where the attorney general is like, don't bother. I'm not going to do it. And then, you know, they don't do it because it would be very politically bad for them to submit this and to have the attorney general or the Department of Justice or the D.C. Uh, U.S. attorney say, nope, we're not going to put it in front of a grand jury. Now, if the grand jury decides not to indict, that's something that, you know, no one has any control over except the grand jury, although most things brought before a grand jury, a ham sandwich style, uh, usually get an indictment. Precisely. It's a pretty low bar, but I'm interested to see what happens here and how this plays out and how long it takes. Absolutely. And usually whenever there's any sort of development with this, people are often surprised by the process. Just, Just look into what went into a simple we are they the announcement wasn't that they are referring it for criminal contempt it's that they are setting up a meeting to initiate proceedings to discuss whether to initiate for criminal contempt and then it goes a couple of places amounting to a recommendation so it the process uh due process can be tedious but it it gets the job done. And it's always been this process. <laughs> and, and it's important. It's in the, the foundational principle of rule of law. Yeah, it's it's in place to protect criminal defendants because they have rights. Absolutely. You know, uh, I haven't been able to find a single case where, you know, everyone's like, if this were you or me, we'd be in jail right now. And I'm like, I have yet to find a case where where somebody defied a congressional subscription that, you know, and stepped from like 90 years ago. 
ended up in jail without this right. due process. And, you know, there's rules in place. Absolutely. And and and, you know, this is a check on the legislative branches power to get an individual in jail. <laughs> this sort of process, this lengthy process is an important one. Yeah, I, I imagine it will go relatively quickly. I think they'll have the vote, maybe the second vote next week. Maybe they'll give a three day notice for a full House vote before they, you know, do the vote. You know, maybe they won't stack them. Maybe they'll go run concurrently. I don't know if they can even do that. There might be stipulations in the House rules that say they can't. But it seems like at the max, we're looking at a couple of weeks before a recommendation is made to the Department of Justice. And then again, like you like you said, we have to kind of see what happens when it, once it gets in the hands of the Department of Justice. But again, I'd like to think that if Garland weren't going to pursue this, that he would have said, don't bother, mm-hmm. do civil, do civil contempt or, you know, just let him sue and take it to court. I'm not going to you know, do it. But I am I am worried that uh, that Garland might say, you know, I don't want to let the courts decide this one. But I don't know how the courts would decide this one unless he indicted and it got taken to court. But you know, whatever, I'm not. I'm waiting to see, because uh, as you said, there are, seem to be a lot of people who kind of don't understand the process, the due process. And, and as I've said, defendants have rights. And if the shoe were on the other foot, you wouldn't want and a bad guy were in charge. You wouldn't want to be able to just arrest people and lock them up before a crime is even committed or before due process is given. Absolutely. Particularly when the nature of this investigation, you know, it is an attack on it's the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. It's about an attack on our democracy. And it would be a it would be a vast irony if that process to to fortify our democracy cut corners on any of these things. And as this shows, it is following this process and we're becoming intimately familiar with this process as it unfolds, probably more familiar than we had been, even the people who had been following the arcana <laughs> for years. It's not, now it's happening. Yeah, you can't skirt the democratic process to save democracy. That is uh, <laughs> <laughs> much more pithily put. Finally, and I think we can probably talk about this more in depth next week, but Supreme Court counsel, the commission on the Supreme Court, Biden's commission on the Supreme Court just came out with not really recommendations, just sort of, I don't know, thoughts on the Supreme <laughs> Discussion <Court>. materials. <laughs> that's, that's how they stylize them. Discussion <laughs> materials. And the discussion as to court expansion is they are not bullish. Uh, they splashed cold water on that idea in uh, as if it would it looked not very much different as if the panel consisted of Justices Breyer, Alito, and Amy Coney Bryant, where the idea is that court expansion would reduce the authority of the court by making it appear more politically partisan. It, you know, the classic arguments against court expansion were embraced in these discussion materials, which don't reach, as you noted, formal recommendations. But there were five different sets of discussion materials. And some of the lesser uh, spoken about, uh, obviously, court expansion is a hot button issue, uh, decried by critics as court packing. And so that's getting a lot of the headlines. But there were other parts that were 
interesting and significant. The commission appeared to be a little bit more bullish on the idea of term limit limits for justices. Uh, there were you can't just ideas. like make that happen though. That's like a I that's know like a constitutional. <laughs> the, kind of, the funny thing it's is, easy to course. be bullish on shit that requires constitutional amendments. I mean, you're, <laughs> it's true. You're not gonna well. The funny <laughs> one of the ironies of this is that you know the constitution does not specify the size of the court <laughs> but it does specify that they're lifetime appointees well that's why they're not bullish on the size of the court <laughs> right, <laughs> because right. that means it can it can kind of there's a chance it could be done but i'm going to be really right. adamant about shit that has no chance i tell you what <laughs> did they say anything about expansion of the federal bench or is this just a scotus review it's mostly it's a scotus thing and so in terms of for example one of the other smaller recommendations was and again it's sort of a recommendation maybe a discussion material they said that uh having public proceedings via audio was a successful experiment and they came out in favor of that uh so of continuing that which the supreme court was doing already so it was <laughs> i guess essentially patting the supreme court on the on the back for for embracing that openness and saying yeah maybe in the future, maybe we can have videos, guys. Uh, that was actually one of the final lines. Uh, they they said that, well, there's opposition to videos, but perhaps in the future, maybe we'll get there. And of course, there was a lot of discussion about the shadow docket and that there had been multiple congressional hearings about that. They seem to be taking some of the proposals for reform and having some sort of mandatory transparency over that. Uh, they seem to be taking those proposals seriously without, again, issuing formal recommendations. Uh, anything about dark money? Uh, you know, the report just came out <laughs> uh, and it is hundreds of pages. I don't want to say authoritatively, but I did not see it. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week when we've got a more, uh, uh, you know, in-depth review of the report. And I assume you're going to put something out in law and crime about it. So I would recommend everybody look for that. Anything else that we need to talk about today? I think we've covered it all. I think we've covered a lot of bases. Looking forward to the next slate of heavy news days discussions. Yeah, as long as it's good news, please. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Law and Crime's Adam Klasfeld. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG for The Beans. Uh, working on this show has taught me, among other things, that entrepreneurs can have an incredible impact on the world on a local and even global scale. Our sponsor today, Bolin Branch, started with a very simple mission. They wanted to produce the highest quality sheets on the market and make the world a better place in the process. Today, they're still the best choice for anyone who wants comfort that lasts. Bolin Branch makes ultra soft organic sheets that are transparently sourced and produced to higher standards with toxin free processes and fair trade certification to ensure workers are paid a fair living wage. There's no middleman between you and the Bolin Branch sheets, so you get luxury quality for the fairest price. I love my Bolin Branch sheets so much. They're like butter. They're like butter. They're buttery soft and luxurious, and they have this magnificent drape and this silken texture, which I, I just adore it. And you can feel the difference, and you also know you're making a difference. They honor a 30-night worry-free guarantee if you're unsatisfied to, to experience an entirely new standard of comfort. Visit BolinBranch.com. You get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. That's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, and use promo code DAILYBEANS. And today's show is also brought to you by my favorite thing on the, in the world now. It's called Scribd. Okay, if you're like me and you spend more time browsing 
than watching, or you take more time to pick out a book than it takes to read it, I really recommend Scribd. You can save time and money when you get instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, dissertations, scientific papers, court documents. And you also get thoughtfully curated editor's picks and smart recommendations based on what you've read. And if you're not sure what to read, Scribd combines the latest technology with the best human minds to recommend content you'll love. If you want to change things up, you're free to switch between titles, genres, and formats at any time on your phone, tablet, or computer, wherever you're reading. Scribd is the ultimate reading subscription service. It lets you explore all of your interests in any format. Like I said, ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and more for only $9.99 a month. You get an entire library for less than the cost of a single book. And there's no complicated credits to keep track of that can expire. There's no additional purchases required. And right now, we're offering listeners of this program a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com slash dailybeans for your free trial. That's try.scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D, dot com slash dailybeans to get 60 days of Scribd for free. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And Amy Carrero is away being a movie star. So Dana Goldberg, our other movie star, will be filling in. Hello. How many movies have you been in? Um, two, actually. Yeah. They've just n- never been as big as Amy Carreras. I was in. But I did get to act with Meredith Baxter, <gasps> who is a lovely human being and a dear friend, and uh, Michelle Bonilla, who's had a long string on ER and put out this incredible short film about her actual life, and I got to play her partner. Oh, I love Meredith yeah. Baxter, by the way. She's fabulous, and her wife, Nancy, they're just phenomenal human beings. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, if you have any good news or confessions or corrections or idioms. You know everything. Anything you want to send in, you can send it in to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And uh, I'll kick us off. Andy has given us a submission with no pronouns. Dear AG and DG, I just finished listening to the incredible conversation with Fiona Hill. When she spoke of hearing about her nickname, the former administration referred to her as, I was moved by her response. Disparaging yet complimentary. Dana, in case you uh, didn't know, her nickname was The Russia Bitch. Ah. Her resilience is remarkable, and I look forward to getting her book. Thank you for sharing these important conversations, which I listened to during my walks with Groot. I am Groot. The love of my life, a two-year-old pug. I look forward to checking out your YouTube channel. I'm so grateful for the work you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Groot, look at Groot. And Andy, my dear friend, you look fantastic. Andy and I have known each other for a long time, and so it's nice to see your face pop in our good news stories. Oh, wonderful. Yes. It is indeed in that sunset. My goodness. Thank you for that and for kicking us off. This is from David. No pronouns given for this one either. Hi, Beans Queens. I'm in hospital recovery from sepsis, but I was talking to my CNA about podcasts because I don't watch regular TV much. I steered her to your lineup of shows and she liked the sound of that, passing the word one listener at a time. As for me, if everything goes well, I should be out of here today. Good, David. I hope that you are. Thank you for spreading the word Mm. about us. Yes. Sending healing thoughts your way, David. Much, much fast healing, please. Next up from Patty, pronoun she and her. I just got home from a trip to uh, Florida, but it was worth it. (laughs) I decided to surprise my mother for her 85th birthday. Orchestrating the surprise part was a lot of fun. I picked up a large bouquet of flowers on the way to her house. Then just before I arrived, I put on sunglasses and a mask and hid my mane of fuchsia hair under a long honey blonde wig. Oh, my goodness. I looked very Florida woman. I guarantee I would have passed anyone I knew and they wouldn't have recognized me. Watching her face light up when I took off the wig was an absolute joy. And we had a delightful visit. 
Well, except for the few minutes where we made the mistake of talking politics. <laughs> I've gotten more liberal as I've gotten older. She's gotten more conservative. At least her career in medical research means she believes in science and she got vaccinated at her earliest opportunity. For my pod pet tax, I'm including a what the mutt photo of her rescue dog, Sweetie. Her name fits her. She's very sweet and mellow. Sweetie almost lost her life a few years ago when she escaped from the yard, went swimming in the local pond and was attacked by an alligator. Holy shit. She managed to escape and get back home, but the gator ripped off a huge chunk of her skin. Took a couple years, but she's fully recovered except for the big souvenir scar on her right hip. The little guy standing on her back in one of the photos is her best friend, Kuki. <laughs> we have no idea what breeds either of them are, so we'll treat your guesses as truth. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> that's very nice. That is very nice. Not a good idea. Mm. This looks... Oh, they're cute. This looks like a, a lab... Uh, a lab pibble. Sure. A label. It's a label. It's a label. <laughs> it's a label. And the, the little... Uh, Kooky there, I, you know. I don't. I have. I can't. It tell. looks like a Chihuahua ish. Yeah, thing like for, a or a terrier, American a terrier bulldog, healer yeah. terrier Chihuahua mix. Oh, and there's some little. Uh, look at the feet. There might even be a shepherd in there, like an Aussie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I, that's why I got healer. Uh, yeah, little black spots on the feet. Uh, how cute! All right. Uh, every once in a while, I love when you're like, you don't actually say it, but you're like, that's what I said, Dana. That's why I said there was healer in the feet. It's the best, like, it's not even passive aggressive. It's just very funny when I'm like, there might be Aussie, and you're like, yeah, that's why I said the feet. Okay. Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me laugh. All right. This is from Jacob. The AG Fairness Doctrine. (laughs) Oh my God. Hilarious. All right. You know what? I'm going to get serious here. Honestly, we know where I think that comes from. It comes from having a a fucking passive aggressive, abusive asshole ex husband who I was always like, no, this is what I said, you know? Yeah. I think that's probably where it comes from. I'll try to, I'll try to turn that off. Oh my God. You're so sweet. No, it's okay. It's totally okay. Because to me, obviously, we have a dynamic where it just makes me giggle (laughs) because I know where it comes from. Yeah. It's totally fine. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. See, we know who each other are. And this next one's from Jacob, pronouns he and him. Hi there. First and most importantly, thank you for this awesome podcast. The news and the humor keeps me in the loop, but at the same time lets me avoid reading news from mainstream news channels. When it was finally clear that the former guy lost, I decided to uninstall all of the news apps and took myself out of the dark world of doom scrolling. Best decision I've made for my health in a long time. Mm. Now, I have a misheard lyric combined with, I think might be another game of yours with misquoted sayings. It's about your intro song. I found your podcast maybe a year ago, and to me, it was very clear from the beginning that they might be giant sings, news, let's wear them. (laughs) In the intro, me, a Swedish national with English as my second language, just sort of accepted that it's probably some sort of saying, wear your beans. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe it means something like standing up for your opinions, like I'm going to have to wear my beans here and object. (laughs) Okay, this should be a new fucking saying anyway. And eject, or possibly the opposite of spilling your beans. Mm. Just sort of accepted it as being a saying I don't understand, but it nagged me for a while. Instead, I tried to to hear it if they may be saying, news, let's hear them, which would be perfectly reasonable, but no, my ears kept hearing, wear them. Now, when we're visiting your beautiful website, I've seen your logo, and once (laughs) and for all, it's clear, news with swearing. Now that makes sense. Sadly, I don't have any pet pics to share today. Thank you so much for your hard work. 
and keep wearing them beans. <laughs> Han Brogdog. Have a good day in Swedish. Ah. Han, Han Brogdog. Han Brogdog. Han Brogdog. Brogdog or Brogdog? Yeah. I, I don't know. Har, har and Brogdog. Dog. But hey, you know, I, wear your beans. Have a good day. Yeah, wear your beans. That's it. <laughs> Next up from Robin, pronouns she and her. Happy hump day to the queens of Leguminati. Shit kids say. When my daughter was around three years old, she had a bout of constipation for about three days and was not feeling very good. Needless to say, she was happy to finally pass the poop. You're going to have to try and picture this and see if I can give it a good description. She was sitting on the toilet, legs swinging, curls bouncing, straining very hard. And through the strain, she yelled out, here comes the big one. Merry Christmas. (laughs) It was was June, by the way. And yes, she had problems with ours when she was little. Merry Christmas. For my pod tax, since it is almost Halloween, enjoy the costumes my husband and I used in the before times. Oh, very nice. Oh, Peter, Peter and Pumpkin Eater. I get it. Peter, Peter. Yeah. She's a pumpkin. Just for those people that don't actually have it in front of them. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. My uh, my mom's husband's name is Peter. So we have we have sayings. At, That's funny. At our house as well. We have sayings. We have sayings. I'm not going to get into them, but we have sayings. My mom, she sent me an email the other day and she's like, I was just thinking about your dad watching Captain Kirk come back from space for real. And it reminds me how my how dad used to say uh, Klingons on your anus and something about that. And then and then she said something about freedom. I don't know. It was really interesting and very funny. I love my mom. Can we talk about the fact that William Shatner's 90 and looks amazeballs what the fuck i know i thought he was 80 and they're like nope 90 and even 80 he looks 50 he really does it's very strange you know all these articles are like talking about the story this and this and i was like why isn't anyone talking about the fact that this guy's benjamin button and apparently he was age was just stopped somewhere Mm. unbelievable if william shatner if you're listening (laughs) i laugh saying it you look amazing yeah what's your amazing what's your serious what's your secret Making a gazillion dollars and being able to afford anything you need. Making out with green women. I guess so, man. They have a healing power to them. But man, he looks good. The Orion girls. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that is our show. Any final thoughts before we get out of here for the weekend? I just encourage everybody to listen to Muller She Wrote in the MSW Book Club this weekend. It's the last installment of the book club before we have Mary Trump on. Answer your questions. So if you're a patron, you can fill out the form as uh, send in your question. Uh, at uh, patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. And uh, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. All right, cool. Until Sunday and then Monday with you, Dana, everybody. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.